and it's recording. Okay, praise the Lord. Here we go. Okay. Let me turn it over. Okay. So uh, let me get to, let's see. Yeah. Here's the last thing. we Remember, uh, Absalom, who's going to start an insurrection, that's David's son. Sometimes you can have family trouble. But do what David did here. David's just like you and I, but he trusts the Lord. You're going to, oh, I just got to read the story. But anyway, uh, they thought, the word was, all your sons were killed. But no, they weren't. Only Aminadab was killed, uh, Amnon was killed. And that's because, let's get into the next chapter. Uh, you know, uh, remember David, oh, let's pick it up. Absalom fled to King Talma of Geshur, the son of Hamada, whatever. Stayed there three years. Now, what's the time for? We get the time frame for a reason because this is history. This reason is not spiritual stories and whatever. This is a Sunday school lesson. It is a Sunday school lesson. It's a lesson about the Lord. But it's a historic event. And watch what happens. There's so much powerful stuff here. But, it, you know, the history was written not to give us... Uh, it, it, the history was history. And, that's, and, and when you draw from literal history, it's like, praise the Lord. I know what the Lord's going to do for me. Okay. Okay. So anyway, meanwhile, David, rec- uh, he was reconciled to Amnon's death. That was his other son, which, remember, his brother killed him because he had raped you know his sister okay he longed for the day for fellowship with his son Absalom okay so go right into it when when that just happened see the markers are there not because we chop it all up no it was to help us find stuff when general Joab realized now remember Joab's his cousin okay now this is not a rinky dink this is all of the nation of Israel the nation of Israel today is only about a, a third of the size territory what it was and now remember at this time, David is fighting off these Philistines because the Philistines had taken over the promised land again because the Israelites were worshiping the sun and idols instead of the Lord. So they lost the promised land, but he's, he's kicking their tail and getting it back. When General Joab realized how much the king was longing to see Absalom, this is 2 Samuel 14.1, he sent for a woman of Tekoa who had a reputation for great wisdom, told her to ask for an appointment with the king. He told her what to say. Now, Joab was up to something, okay? Pretend you're in, a, you're in good, you're in, excuse me, pretend you're in mourning, Joab instructed. Wear mourning clothes, disable your hair so that you've been in deep sorrow for a long time. Okay, well, she's going to do this. Now, remember, she's known across the nation as a very wise woman, okay? The woman approached the king. She fell face downward on the front, in the floor in front of him and cried out, Oh, king, help me. What's the trouble? This is David. David says, What's the trouble? I'm a widow. I had two sons, had a fight in a field, and since no one was there to part them, one of them was killed. Kind of like Cain and Abel. Okay. Now, the rest of the family is demanding that I surrender my other son to them to be executed for murdering his brother. You know, that's what that little Sunday school teacher said. What's the, in kids, they said, you know, what's the, uh, do you know any other commandments about children? And the one little boy said, yeah, thou shalt not kill. <laughs> you know, so brothers and stuff can get into it. You know what I mean? That's all. That's what happened here. Okay. But if, but if I do, I'll have no one left, and my husband's name will be destroyed on the face of the earth. Leave it to me, the king. I'm, I'm going to keep mentioning his David. David said, I'll see when no one touches him. Oh, thank you, my lord, she replied, and I'll take the responsibility if you are criticizing me for, uh, for helping me like this. Now, what you need to understand is don't forget, David's not up there by himself. He has a historian. He has a secretary. He has all these court people in there. He's not by himself, plus a bunch of servants. So when he said, I'll take care of this, these guys were taking notes and going, yeah, and David didn't have to do nothing. He just said, I'll take care of it. Watch what he says. Don't worry about that. She says, well, what if I, I'll take uh, the, the responsibility if, if you're criticized for this? Oh, don't worry about that. 
King David said. If anyone objects, bring him to me and I'll assure you he'll never complain again. Then she said, please swear. Now watch this. Please swear to me by God that you won't let anyone harm my son. I want no more bloodshed. Now here's where she's going to say, oh, I got another little request. Remember Joab sent her up there. I vow by God, he said, not a hair of your son's head will be disturbed. Please let me ask you one more thing. Go ahead, he replied. Speak. Why don't you do as much for all the people of God as you have promised to do for me? She said, you have convicted yourself in making this, this decision because you've refused to bring home your own banished son. Now, remember, this was not done in the dark. Everybody knew Absalom was, you know, 150 miles away or however far with King so-and-so. You've refused to bring home your own banished son. All of us must die eventually. All of our lives are like water poured out on whatever. She said, oh, this is a scripture. That's what she said. And it is true, but the Lord will give you long life. So don't, you know, you know, we think some of this stuff is like Confucius say, but it's not. But God will bless you with a longer life if you'll find a way to bring your son back from exile. Now remember, this started out with David wanting to see his son Absalom. He knew why he killed his brother. You know, he knew, and he was justified. Perhaps the king will listen to me and rescue us from all those who would end our existence in Israel. Oh, yes, the king will give us peace again. I know that you're like an angel of God and, concern, and can discern good from evil. And he says, may God be uh, with you. Look what David says. I want to know one thing, David said. <laughs> yes, my Lord. Did Joab send you here? The woman said, well, how can I deny it? Joab sent me and told me what to say. He did it in order to place the matter before you in a different light. But you're wise as an angel of God and you'll know everything that happens. So the king sent for Joab and said, all right, go bring back Absalom. Now watch what Joab says. And, jo uh, and Joab fell on his face before the king and blessed him and said, I know at last you like me. You've granted me this request. Now, if you had been reading the story about David, you would understand Job and Joab and David. Joab, they're cousins, okay? King David is a mighty warrior we're fixing to find. He's, he's, oh, he's big, big time. Joab is too. Joab's brother was killed. Jehaziel or somebody like that. And uh, Saul's, one of Saul's, well, Abner's who it was. He was general over when Saul was king. And he killed Joab's brother. And Joab, even though David had made a promise, I swear I will not harm any of the descendants of Saul. Joab went out and killed him anyway. Well, that's because Abner had <laughs> killed his brother, you know. So anyway, so that's... There's a lot of stuff going on. You can actually, when you read it, you'll see this. David made some comments. What can I do with these? The Joab and his brother, Ashura, they were, uh, they're hotheads. But anyway, he says, now I know you love me. You like me. You've granted me this. So Joab went to Geshur, brought back Absalom to Jerusalem. Now, here we go. Now, insurrection's fixing to come. So watch what happens. Because Absalom, he's, he's, he ain't right. He may go to his own quarters, the king ordered, but he must never come here. I refuse to see him. So he did come back, but he ain't going to get to see him. Well, look what happened. Now, no one in Israel, look at this, was such a handsome specimen of manhood as Absalom. No one else received such praise. He cut his hair only once a year, and only then because it weighed three pounds. Wow, it's too much a load to carry around. He had three sons and one daughter, Tamar, who was a very beautiful girl. After Absalom had been in Jerusalem for two years, now we know it's been five years now, whatever. He sent for Joab to intercede for him, but Joab wouldn't come. Now, what he wants is he wants Joab to say, hey, let me go see my dad, you know. Anyway, Absalom sent for him again, but he refused. Wow, look what Absalom does. So Absalom said to his servants, go set fire to Joab's field. <gasps> Next to mine. So well, they did. Joab came to Absalom. Why did your servant set my field on fire? Absalom said, because you wanted to, because I wanted you to ask the king why he brought me back from Geshur if he didn't want to see me. 
I might as well stay there. Let me have an interview with him. And if the king finds I'm guilty of murder, then have him execute me. Okay? This is the end of this chapter. Watch this. So Joab told Absalom what David said. Then at last, David summoned Absalom. He came and he bowed low before the king. David kissed him. Uh-oh. Look what happened. Boom. Watch this. Now remember, you and I are David in this situation. Absalom then bought a BMW or Mercedes. Chariot and chariot horses. And hired 50 footmen to run ahead of him. I'm a big shot. He got up early every morning, went to the gate of the city. And when anyone came to bring a case to the king for trial, Absalom called him over. Hey, come here. And expressed interest. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He would say, I can see you're right in this matter. It's unfortunate that the king doesn't have anyone else to assist him in hearing these cases. Oh, my gosh. I surely wish I were judged. Then anyone with a lawsuit would come to me and I'd give him justice. And when anyone came to him to bow to him, Absalom wouldn't let him, but shook his hand instead. Okay. So this way, Absalom stole the hearts of all the people of Israel. Uh Uh-oh. After four years, Absalom said to the king, now he's lying. Now, I'm just saying that, but you read it for yourself. He's lying. Let me go to Hebron to sacrifice to the Lord, to fulfill a vow I made to him while I was at Geshur, that if he would bring me back to Jerusalem, I would go there and sacrifice. You liar, liar, pants on fire, man. This is a story that if you've never read it and you didn't get to hear it at church, which would have been rare, you're going to be shocked. You're going to know more about King David than you ever did in your life. You're also going to know that 23rd Psalm is, whoo, You could have wrote the 23rd Psalm after you see this. Absalom went to Hebron, but while he was there, he sent spies to every part of Israel to incite a rebellion against his dad, the king. As soon as you hear the trumpets, his message read, you'll know Absalom has been crowned in Hebron. He took 200 men from Jerusalem with him as guests, but they knew nothing of his intentions. Oh, I remember this story. No, you're thinking of 1 Kings. When Solomon was, when David Bathsheba said, "Uh uh-oh, it was actually his younger brother tried to anoint himself as king. That happened. See, when Samuel's over with, kings kicks in and and it repeats some of this in a short order, but that's a different story. It's his brother that does the same stupid thing, but David is protected. Solomon is protected. Here we go, back to this. 2 Samuel 15, here we go, verse 9. So Absalom went to Hebron, but while he was there, he sent spies. Okay, as soon as you hear the trumpets, okay, we got that. Verse 11, he took 200 men from Jerusalem with him as guests, but they knew nothing of his intentions. Yo, I couldn't write this. I couldn't make up this stuff. There's no way. No way. These guys didn't even know what he was up to. While he was offering sacrifice, he sent for Othithophel. Now, you remember this guy? He's coming up a little bit later. Just, just call him Al. Okay. One of David's counselors who lived at wherever. Othithophel declared for Absalom and did more for others. He was just a counselor. Okay. So the conspiracy became very strong. A messenger. Thank God. Hallelujah. We're not in the dark. A messenger soon arrived in Jerusalem. Tell King David. And that's you and I. To tell us that all Israel has joined Absalom in a conspiracy against you. <gasps> then we must flee at once or it'll be too late. Was David's instant response to his men. If we get out of the city before he arrives, we'll save both ourselves and Jerusalem. Wow, look at this. Can you believe this? David's being run out of town. Yeah, like Jesus being thrown off that cliff in Luke chapter 4. He didn't get thrown off. He turned and went right through the middle of them. All right, here we go. So the king and his household set out at once. This is David. He left no one behind except ten of his young wives to keep the palace in order. David paused at the edge of the city, watch the details, to let his troops pass 
him to lead the way. 600 Gittites who had come with him from Gath and the Cherethites and the Pelethites. But suddenly the king turned to Attiah, the king of the 600. Now watch this. Now think about how blessed you are. Praise God. Look at this. He said, what are you doing? Go back to your men in Jerusalem, to your king, for you are a guest in Israel, a foreigner in exile. It seemed but yesterday that you arrived. And now today, should I force you to wander with us? Who knows where? Go back and take your troops and may the Lord be merciful to you. Now look what this general says. Now there's Joab and there's Ataya and then there's uh, Ahaziah. Okay. I vow by God and by your life that wherever you go, I will go. No matter what happens, whether it's life or death. Wow. You talk about protection. The aircraft destroyer or whatever they were is going to stay with you. They could turn around and go back to Honolulu, but you said, no, we're going to ride with you. Okay. David said, all right. Then Ataya and his 600 men and their families went along. There was deep sadness throughout the city as the king and his retinue passed across the Kidron Brook and went out of the country. I guess it was. Now look at this. Abathar, Zadok, and the Levites. <gasps> look at that. They took the ark of God. Well, that's just what you did. That's what they did when they come out of Egypt. That ark was in front of them. Anyway, and they set it down beside the road until everyone had passed. Then David, following David's instructions, Zadok took the ark back to the city. If the Lord sees fit, David said, he'll bring me back to see the ark and the tabernacle again. If he's through with me, well then let him be through with me. Now don't think everything David said, he's just cookie perfect or whatever. I mean, he, <laughs> his son's fixing to kill him. He found out all Israel's against him, so he's thinking, well, I'm going to save my rear end, and I'm going to save my families, and we're going to get out of here. So watch what, watch what he does. Look, here's my plan, he told Zadok. Remember, Zadok's high priest. Return quietly to the city with your sons Ahimaaz and Abathar, Jonathan's son. I'll stop at the ford, the river bend of the Jordan, and wait for a message from you. Let me know what happens in Jerusalem before I disappear into the wilderness. Now, this is so good. Watch this. We're all, I'm amazed we're getting all this done. Let me know what happens in Jerusalem before I disappear. So Zadok and Abathar carried the ark of God back into the city and stayed there. Let me make a point here. Remember Jesus said, as in the days of Abathar the priest. Okay. That was actually his, his, um, his uh, no, I was actually him. Anyway, but anyway, I just point that out. David walked up the road that led to the Mount of Olives. Where have you heard that? Mount of Olives. Weeping as he went, his head covered and his feet were bare as a sign of mourning. The people who were with him covered their heads and went as they climbed the mountain. Now watch this little incident. I mean, they're run out of Dodge, aren't they? They're leaving town. When someone told, uh, oh yeah, when someone told David, Ahithophel, his advisor, was backing Absalom, here's prayer. Now watch this. David prayed, oh Lord, please make Ahithophel give Absalom foolish advice. And as they reached the top uh, spot of the mountain, the spot of the top of the mountain where the people of uh, the top, anyway, the top of the Mount of Olives where the people worship God. Uh, anyway, uh, David found Ahushite, the archite, waiting for him with torn clothes. Now notice this. This guy's another counselor. David just prayed. He ain't even taken 10 steps yet. And all of a sudden, that's the way it was supposed to be. And you're supposed to be, you know, believing God too. You know, <clears throat> When you pray, you're supposed to believe you receive when you pray. Believe you got it. I have it, Lord. I have it. I'm using my faith. I have it in the name of Jesus. Okay. David told him, if you go with me, you'll only be a burden. Hey, go back to Jerusalem and tell Absalom, I will counsel for you as I did for your father. Then you can frustrate Athithophel's advice. 
Zadok and Abathar are there too. They're on my side. He said, tell them the plans that are being made to capture me, and, I'll, and they will send their sons a Hamaz, and I think it's Jonathan, and they'll come get me. Okay, yeah, to find me and tell me what's going on. So David's friend, Hushia, returned to the city, getting there just as Absalom arrived. Do you see that? Why he just prayed? And then boom. Now remember, David just left the city. Watch how fast he gets back in the city. I, I don't want to get ahead, but this is great. David was just past the top of the hill when Ziba, and who the heck is this? Watch, you'll get it. The manager of Meshibbeth's household caught up with him. Now, that was David's grandson, and he eats with David at his table all the time. David was trying to find somebody who still was alive from Saul's kingdom, I mean from Saul's family, so he could do him good. And, and I personally, well, anyway, let's keep reading. Now, remember there, <laughs> he's got dirt on his head, and they're, they're leaving town in a hurry. Look at this. He was leading two donkeys loaded with 200 loaves of bread, a hundred clusters of raisins, a hundred bunches of grapes, and a small barrel of wine. What are these for? You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Can you imagine? Did David just, I have to think of this one. This was constant. And we're not even done yet. Watch this. What are these for? David said, or King David said to Ziba. Ziba said, these donkeys are for your people to ride on. Golly, while they can just walk. God don't think so. God thinks you ought to ride, praise the Lord. They're for you people to ride on, and the bread and the summer fruit are for your young men to eat. The wine is to take with you into the wilderness for anyone who may become faint. Praise God. Now, do you think we're reading this story this morning for just David's sake? This is your life and my life. Somebody just did something bad to you, and you had to make a run for it. Oh, wait, it's going to turn out quick. You be watching. Anyway, where's Mephishtosheph? The king asked. He stayed in Jerusalem, Ziva replied. He said, now I'll get to be king today and I'll get my kingdom of my, I'll get back the kingdom of my father. Now look what David says. In that case, King David, I like saying King David, reminds who says, David said, I, in that case, I'll give you everything he owns. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anyway, I'll give you everything he owns. Thank you, thank you, sir, Ziva replied. Do you see giving and receiving right there? He heard David was running out of town. He said, quick, grab this, grab this. They grabbed truckloads of stuff and they headed out to help them. Praise the Lord. Okay. In that case, I'll give you everything else. Thank you, thank you, Ziba said. And David and his party passed Bahurim. A man, uh, he passed, this is a town. We'll just say Birmingham, B-H-M. A man came out of the village cursing them. It was Shemiah, the son of Gerard, a member of Saul's family. So he had some other kinfolk out there still. He threw stones at the king and the king's officers and the mighty warriors. Look at that phrase. Who surrounded them? Get out of here, you murderer, you scoundrel, he shouted at David. The Lord's paying you back for murdering King Saul and his family. Now that was a dead burn lie. He didn't kill his family. Now Joab pulled a quick one and did. But Saul was already dead uh, and his brothers and his sons were killed. Anyway, and now the Lord's paying you back, giving it to your son Absalom. At last you'll take a taste of your own medicine, you murderer. Now notice this. Now, this guy here is one of the three top three generals, okay? He's Joab's brother. Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Okay, watch this. Abishai demanded, let me go over there and <laughs> take his head off. Because <laughs> they were ducking from rocks too. Okay. No, the king said, if the Lord's told him to curse me, who am I to say no? My son's trying to kill me. This Benjamin is merely cursing me. Let him alone. For no doubt, the Lord has told him to do so. Well, who knows about that? But anyway, but perhaps the Lord will see that I'm being wronged and will bless me because of these curses. But you know what? I just can imagine, because what? Rocks are still flying. And if it was Dustin, if he was one of the mighty men, you know, you know, and Aaron, I'm sure they were going and Patrick, they'd be like, if that rock comes near me one more time, because <laughs> these guys could do it. 
just nail him. Look at, I mean, really, that's what, so David and his men continued, look at this jackass. Shimea kept at pace with him on nearly a hillside, cursing as he went, throwing stones. Wow. The king and all those who were with him were weary by the time they reached Behurim, so they stayed there a while. All right, meanwhile, back in Jerusalem, Absalom and his men arrived to Jerusalem, accompanied by Ahithophel. That's going to be his counselor. When David's friend Hushai, okay, the archite arrived, immediately went to see Absalom. Long live the king, he exclaimed. Long live the king. <laughs> Absalom's a little bit touchy about this. He says, hey, what are you doing here? Don't you like my dad? Is this any way to treat your friend David? Absalom asked, why aren't you with him? Well, because I work for the man who's chosen by the Lord and by Israel, Hushai replied. And anyway, why shouldn't I help your father? I helped your father, and now I'll help you. Then Absalom turned to Ahithophel and asked him, what shall I do next? Well, the counselor, the bozo, he says, go sleep with your father's wives, for he left them there to keep the house. Now close your eyes. Here's what happens. Then all Israel know that you've insulted him beyond the possibility of reconciliation, and they will close ranks with you. Okay, here comes the, it's the first pornographic movie. Oh, here we go. So a tent was erected on top of the palace where everybody could see it. God, it's just a political thing. So all those ten virgins, well not ten virgins, all those ten wives that David had, his youngest ones, were up on top of this roof, and Absalom went into the tent, and you know what he did. Okay. Now that was this Ahithophel's advice. Absalom did whatever Ahithophel told him, just as David had, for everyone, every word of Ahithophel spoke, uh, seemed as though it had been come directly from the mouth of God. All right, here we go. Now Ahithophel said, give me 10,000 men to start out after David tonight. This is the good part. This is so great. Give me 10,000 men and I'll go after King David. And when I come upon him, he's weary and discouraged and his troops will be thrown into a panic and everyone will run away. Oh, really? Oh, really? Let's keep going. And I'll only kill the king and let all those who are with him live and restore him to you. Absent and all the elders of Israel, they approve the plan. But now remember, David had prayed, Lord, frustrate his advice. And then he found Hushite and said, hey, go give him some bad advice. Look at this. Hushite wasn't even in the room. Who notified him? It had to be the Lord. Watch this. Absalom and all the Israel, Israelites, they approved the plan. But Absalom said, hey, ask Ahushat the archive what he thinks about this. He wasn't even in the room. Praise the Lord. So much for your, you know, <clears throat> big bang theory and, and coincidental. He overheard. No, he wasn't even there. This had to be the Lord. Ahusha arrived. Absalom told him what Ahithophel said. What's your opinion? Absalom asked him. Should we follow Ahithophel's advice? If not, speak up. Well, <laughs> this is so good. Husha replied, uh, this time I think Ahithophel made a mistake. Oh, really? Your father and, and his men, this is so good. Catch this because this, are, this is a piece of who you and I are. Greater is he that's in you and I than he that's in the world. We're more than conquerors. Look at this. You know your father and his men are mighty warriors and probably as upset as a mother bear who's been robbed of their cubs. Oh, that's, that's not even a half of it. Watch this. And your father, oh, look at this is an old soldier, and he isn't spending the night among the troops. He's probably already hidden in some pit and cave. Look at this. This is you and I. Remember, he's, he's trained my hands for war, David said. He said, I can take an iron bow and bend it. Oh, mercy. He said, he's probably hidden in a bit. When he comes out and attacks a few of your men, and, and a few of your men fall, there'll be panic among your troops, and everyone will start shouting that the men are being slaughtered. Even the bravest of them, though they have hearts as lions, will be paralyzed with fear. For all Israel knows what a mighty man your father is and how courageous his soldiers are. 
Praise God. Now, where did he get that from? Well, David, when he was before Saul he, about Goliath, he said, I'll kill you, giant, for you. And he wasn't but this big or however. I don't care where he put the mark. He was young because Saul said, you're, you're a youth. You can't go out there. He goes, man, I killed a lion. I killed a bear. Several of them. It was not just one. And he said, the Lord will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. He had five stones. I'd have taken ten, you know. He had five. And he was running wide open as he threw it at Goliath. Man. Anyway, I suggest you mobilize the entire Israeli army. <laughs> See, what Hushai was trying to, he was trying to scramble for some more time. Bring them as far as Dan and Beersheba so that you'll have a huge force. I think you should personally lead the troops. <laughs> oh, no, suicide. Then when we find him, we can destroy the entire army so that not one of them is left. And if David escapes in some city, you'll have the entire army of Israel there at your command. We'll take ropes and drag the walls of the city down. Anyway, then Absalom and all the men of Israel said, Hey, Hushai's vice is better than Ephithophel's. So the Lord arranged to defeat the council of Ephithophel, which really was a better plan. <laughs> the other guy had a better plan. But anyway, then... Then, okay, here he goes. Hashuai reported to Zadok and Abathar. Remember, they're going to tell their sons, or his grandson, and what Ahithophel said and what he himself suggested. Quick, he told them, find David, urge him not to stay at the ford of the river tonight. He must go across at once and get into the wilderness. Okay, we'll get there. Here we go. Otherwise, he'll die and his entire army with him. So here they are. There's the two sons. Uh, Jonathan and Haman says they had been staying at Enrogo so as not to be seen entering and leaving the city. Arrangements were made to take, were, by a servant girl to carry them the message uh, that they were to take to David. But a boy saw them leaving Enrogel to go to David, and he told Absalom about it. Don't worry. I don't care how things fall apart. You're still going to succeed. Meanwhile, they escaped to, what would you call it, Birmingham here, Bahurim, where a man hid them inside a well in his backyard. The man's wife put a cloth over the top of the well. These are those two boys with grain on it to dry in the sun. So no one suspected them there. When Absalom's men arrived, said, hey, where are these two guys at? They said, oh, they crossed the brook and they're gone. They looked for them without success and returned to Jerusalem. Then the two men crawled out of the well, hurried to King David. Quick, they said, cross the Jordan tonight. They were told how Ahithophel had advised him to, to be captured and killed. So David and all his men, here they go, they escaped. Now, remember, we've already had uh, breakfast and lunch and dinner served. Watch this. So all the people went with him. They crossed during the night, and all were on the banks before dawn. Now, this was a pretty good river. I know we've seen the Jerusalem, I mean, whatever. The Jordan River is kind of small stuff, but this was a chore to get them across. I've deer hunted before, and I've run across, and I need to get across something. I'm like, that's a little bit too deep. <laughs> it kind of hinders your deer hunting a little bit until you figure out how to get across there. So deep or wide or whatever, uh, something was a problem right here. David arrived at Mahanan. Meanwhile, Absalom immobilized his entire army of Israel and was leading the men across the Jordan River. Absalom had appointed Amasa, a general of the army, replacing Joab. Now, it's interesting. Amasa, that was Joab's second cousin. I think it says so right here. Yeah, Amasa was Joab's second cousin. His father was this, that, and whatever. Okay, we've got it. Absalom and Israel are now camped in the land of Gilead. Okay, uh, let's see. Let me see something right here. Do we do we miss 23? Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, look, yeah, oh yeah. Meanwhile, Ahithophel, publicly disgraced when Absalom refused his advice, he saddled his donkey, he went home, killed himself. Set his house in order, hanged himself, and was buried. Okay. I thought I missed another big chunk. Okay, so now, now we know Absalom's on the way. David arrived, look at this. David arrived at Mahanam and was warmed, was warmly greeted by Shobi, son of anyway, this guy was an Ammonite. 
and of uh, Makar, son of, okay, whatever. So he was, you got a trail on who he is. They brought him and those that were with him mats to sleep on, cooking pots, serving bowls, wheat, barley, parts, beans. I mean, come on, a partridge in a pear tree. Praise the Lord. Honey, butter, cheese. They said, you must be very tired. <laughs> Golly. Well, they called ahead. They planned. There was no planning. There was no nothing. And look what all these blessings showed up. All right. Here comes the good part. Well, all that's good, but watch this. Now David appointed regimental colonels and company commanders over his troops. Remember, because there's going to be a big battle. A third were under Joab's brother, Abishab, okay? The son of Zerah. A third under Atiyah, the Gittite. The king planned to lead the army himself, but the men objected strongly. Okay, so Joab, remember, he, he's still, Joab's actually one of the best ones, but Joab and him had sort of had a little bit, a little bump of heads a little bit. Anyway. Uh, you mustn't do it, they said, for we, if we have to turn and run, half of us die. It'll make no difference to them. They'll be looking only for you. You're worth 10,000 of us. Golly. Was David that good? Yeah. Where do you think you are? David gives all of the credit to, to the Lord. Remember, he danced naked before the ark. And his wife, Michael, well, I saw you dancing in front of all the virgins of Jerusalem. You know, showed yourself out like the Living Bible says, like a common pervert. And David was showing that, listen, I got everything from the Lord. I was showing how humble I am. Anyway, back to this. All right. So the king commanded Joab. Joab's back in there. He was in there all the time anyway. Now, Joab's got some issues coming up. But anyway, but nonetheless. So all three of them, for my sake, deal he says, deal gently with Absalom. Deal gently? I'm sure they're like, deal gently? He wants to kill you and me and the whole nation? What? Anyway, all the troops heard the king give this charge. Now, remember in the book of, in the book of uh, Numbers and uh, in Deuteronomy when Moses recaps it, battle don't last long, does it? That's because we are more than conquerors. Here goes. So the battle began in the forest of Ephraim. And the Israeli troops, look at that, were beaten back by David's men? Come on! We already have partial count. There was 600 and uh, Amasiah, the, he had all of Israel. Good grief. There was a great slaughter. 20,000 men laid down their lives that day. The battle raged across the countryside. More men disappeared in the forest than were killed. During the battle, Mr. Harry, okay, Absalom came upon some of David's men as he fled on his mule. And it went beneath a thick bow of a great oak tree. Here's that story. His hair caught in the branches. His mule went on, leaving him dangling in the air. Now, all the men are scared to kill him. Joab ain't, okay? Anyway, one of David's men saw him and told Joab, What? You saw him there, didn't kill him? Joab demanded. I would have rewarded you handsomely and made you a commissioned officer. For a million dollars, I wouldn't do it. We all heard the king say to you and Abishai and Atiyah, For my sake, please don't harm young Absalom. And if I betrayed the king by killing his son, and the king would certainly find out about who did it, you yourself would be the first to accuse me. Enough of this nonsense, Joab said. He took three daggers. He's pretty good at this dagger business. We're not going to get to it today, but <laughs> he takes care of a mason in about three chapters. He says, oh, how you doing, my brother? And <laughs> kills him. Of course, I, I don't blame what Joab had done. I don't blame him for this either. Watch this. You can have your own opinion here. I'm just showing you what's going to take place. Uh, so anyway, he took three daggers, plunged them in the heart of Absalom as he dangled from the, uh, alive from the oak. Ten of Joab's young armor bearers surrounded Absalom. They finished him off. <laughs> hey, let's join in the fun. Joab blew the trumpet. His men returned from chasing Israel. They threw Absalom's body in a deep pit in the forest and piled a great heap of stones on it. 
and the army of Israel fled for their homes. Now Absalom, this gives you a little bit about this turkey. He had made a monument for himself, whatever, in the, in the King's Valley, for he said, I don't have any sons to carry on my name. He called it Absalom's monument and still known to that day. Well, prior to that, remember, he has a sister, he has a daughter named Tamar, and he had three sons, but apparently those three, something happened to him. Okay, then Zadok's son, Ahaz, um, this was the high priest's son, he said, oh, let me run tell David the good news. The Lord saved him from his enemy Absalom. Uh, don't do it, Joab says. <laughs> it wouldn't be good news to the king that his son's dead. You can be my messenger some other time. Then Joab said to the man from Cush, go tell the king uh, what you've seen, and he, uh, and he bowed and ran off. Well, Zadok's son, or whoever he was, uh, Abathar's son, he pleaded, please let me go. No, we don't need you, my boy, Joab replied. There's no further need to send you. Oh, yeah, but send me anyway. Joab finally said, all right. Then Amaziah took a, what do kids do? I know a shortcut. <laughs> I'm not going to go all the way down there to Walmart, turn right. I'll just go through this pasture. That's what he did. He cut through. Then Amaziah took a shortcut across the plain, got there ahead of the man from Cush. David was sitting at the gate. All right. When the watchman climbed the stairs to his post on top of the wall, he saw a lone man running toward him. He shouted the news to David. And the king replied, if he's alone, he's got news. The messenger came closer. closer the, the watchman saw the other man running. Another man, he said, here comes another one. He'll have more news. The first one looks like Ahimaaz, okay, the son of Zadak, the watchman said. He's a good man, comes with good news, the king replied. Then Ahimez cried to the king, all is well. He bowed low with his face to the ground and said, Blessed be the Lord God, blessed be your Lord God who has destroyed the rebels who dared to stand against you. Now this, this was a fantastic deliverance. Now you got to understand, I mean, Dustin told me he went to a church not too long ago and I'll just paraphrase what he said. He said it was real good. They said some real good stuff, but he said the emotionalism just, just, just kind of overtook the scene. Well, you got to understand, that's all David's going to do here. Quit thinking David is Jesus. He's not. He lost his boy over this thing, and he actually lost sight of the big picture. Okay, watch what happens. Well, what happened to young Absalom, the king demanded? Is he all right? When Joab told me to come, there was a lot of shouting, but I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> he wasn't going to tell him. <laughs> well, the other guy is. Wait, the king told him. So am I, uh, so Ahima stepped aside. Then the man from Cushy right? I have good news for my Lord. Today Jehovah has rescued you from all those who rebelled against you. What about, I mean, you know, David can't see the woods for the trees here, you know. What about young Absalom? Is, is he all right? The man replied, may all your enemies be as that young man is. The king broke into tears, went in his room over the gate and was crying. Now, I know that would be a hard thing to swallow, you know. But Dustin and I both, if we decide to kill each other, you know, we got to get over that part, you know, you know, we're not going to do it. But, you know, but just understand that's what's going on with David. Oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, if I'd only could have died for you. Oh, but David doesn't quit. Now, remember, he's screaming this. Go right to the next chapter. Word soon reached Joab that the king was weeping and mourning for Absalom. All the people heard the king's deep grief for his son. The joy of that day's wonderful victory, and it was, turned into deep sadness. Well, this is a spiritual thing. Sometimes, no, David blew it right here, if you ask me. And it's just because he was hurting for his, his son. I understand that. The entire army crept back in the city as though they were ashamed and had been beaten in battle. The king covered his face in his hands and kept on, Oh, my son, Absalom! Oh, my son, Absalom! <laughs> now, you have your own opinion here, but I think it speaks for itself. Joab's going to come in there and say, Look, boss, would you cut this out? Then Joab went to the king's room and said, We saved your... You fill in the blank there, okay. 
and the lives of your sons and daughters and wives and concubines. And you act like this, making us feel ashamed as though we had done something wrong. You seem to love those that hate you, and you hate those that love you. Wow. Apparently, we don't mean anything to you. If Absalom had lived and all of us had died, you'd be happy. Well, not, somebody need to rattle David's cage. Now, here's the good part about that. We're the same way. We're the same way. David's just like you and I. No, David's a spiritual guy. He, he read his Bible all day long. He prayed all night long. Well, he blew it right here. Come on. I work for the military. And we just the other day, we called the all hands meeting. The general came out there to talk to us. And if the general came out there and acted like this, I'm like, we got a Lulu for a general. Okay. Now go out there and congratulate the troops. For I swear by Jehovah, if you don't do it, not a single one of them will remain here tonight. Then you'll be worse off than you were in your entire life. And that was true. So David did it. You know, David went out and sat at the city gate. As the news spread to the city, he was there. Everyone went out to meet him. Meanwhile, there was much discussion and argument about what was going across the nation. Why aren't we bringing back the king? Why aren't we bringing the king back? Was the great topic everywhere. He saved us from our enemies, the Philistines. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, and Absalom, whom we made our king instead, chased him out of the country. But now Absalom's dead. Let's ask David to return. Praise the Lord. Did you see how it turned around? Wow. Then David sent Zadok and Abathar the priest to say to the elders of Judah, Why are you guys the last ones to reinstate the king? For all Israel is ready, and you're the only ones holding out. Uh, yet you're my own brothers, my own tribe, my own flesh and blood. And he told them to tell Amasiah, Since you're my nephew, and he was. See how close kin they were? May God strike me dead if I don't appoint you as commander-in-chief of my army instead of Joab. <laughs> Joab's like, Joab's letting this stuff boil, but let's just stay with the story here. So then Amasia, remember Amasia was general of the armies that was coming to kill him. Now he switched. They sent word to the king, return to us and bring, bring back all those who are with you. Praise the Lord. Can you do a count? How many days was David out of office? I don't think it was four days. Mm -mm. I don't think it was a week. Watch this. So the king started back to Jerusalem. When he arrived at the Jordan River, it seemed as though everyone in Judah had come to Gilgal to meet him and escort him across the river. Now this is again the 23rd Psalm. Hey daddy, I got to ride piggyback. On. Oh, and I'll tell you this. Solomon was probably a teenager at this age. He knew what was going on. He could have been 20 years old. Who knows? Then Shimei, the son of Gerah, the Benjamite, the man, anyway, the guy that was throwing rocks at him. No, 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 that's not right. Then, uh, no, it was, it is true. Uh, came out to welcome, welcome the king. A thousand men of the tribe of Benjamin were there with him, including, this was just a grand finale. The servant of Saul, Ziba's 50 sons and 20 servants, they rushed down to the Jordan River ahead of the king. They all worked hard, faring the king and his household and his troops. What a day. What a fantastic day. Helped them all uh, in every way they could. As the king was crossing, Shimei, he's the one that threw rocks. He fell down before him and pleaded, My Lord, the king, forgive me for this terrible thing I did when you left Jerusalem. For I know very well how much I sinned. Uh, that, I, that is why I came here first, to be the first person in, in all the tribe of Joseph. Uh, and uh, Abishai, remember, he's a general. He said, Hey, let's finish this guy off. Shall not Shimei die? He cursed the Lord's chosen. Don't talk to me like that, David said. It's not a day for execu execution, but for celebration. I'm once more king of Israel. I mean, David had to be looking at his clock going, man, I wasn't not king, but burr. <laughs> well, for all practical purposes, I guess I was king the whole time. Then he turned to Shimei and vowed your life is spared. But Dustin, remember that story? He told, he told Solomon before he died. He says, look, I made a deal with Shimei, but you didn't make that deal. You make sure he dies. And he told, he says, and take care of Joab too. <laughs> 
That's in First Kings, Second Kings, First Kings, Second Kings. Anyway, now Mephibosheth. Now, oh, he was the one that uh, you know. He's Saul's grandson. Well, Saul's grandson arrived from Jerusalem to meet the king. He hadn't washed his feet or clothes, trimmed his beard. Remember, he had said, at least his slave said, he was going to stay and be the new king. Why didn't you come with me? The king asked. Oh, Lord, my king, my servant, Ziba deceived me. I don't think he deceived him. I think he was telling the truth. Okay. I told him, I told him, saddle my donkey so that I can go with the king. For you know I am lame. But Ziba slandered me by saying I refuse to come. But now I know you're an angel of God and you do what you think is best. Watch what old Mephibosheth does. See if you can tell by his actions whether he lied or not. All I and my relatives could only expect death from you, but instead you have honored me among those who eat at your table, so how can I complain? All right, David said, my decision is set. You and Ziba will divide the land equally. Look what Mephibosheth says. I'll give him all of this. <laughs> See, I think Mephibosheth was lying. I mean, he realized, you know, he's just thankful to be alive. I'm content to have you back. Now look at this. Barzilla who fed the king and his army during their exile. Now think about giving here. No, no, we were hurrying. Watch this. He arrived from Rogalim to conduct the king across the river. He was very old now, about 80 and very wealthy. David said, come across the river with me and live in Jerusalem. The king said, I'll take care of you there. Nah, he said, look at this. I'm far too old for that. I'm 80 years old today. Life has lost all its excitement. Food and wine are no longer... Look at that. They're no longer tasty, and entertainment's not that much fun. I would just be a burden to you. Just to go across the river with you is all the honor I need. Can you imagine what a wonderful day this was? That's the reason David was digging a hole going, Oh, Absalom, my son, Absalom. Oh, he had to quit that. Okay. Did you notice you don't hear any of that anymore? David's rock and roll. We're ready to go. Okay. But now watch this. Let me go to the other side, to my own city, where my father and mother are buried. But here's Chittim, that must have been his son. Let him go with you and receive whatever good things you want to give him. Boy, David said, all right, sign him up. He's going to be with me. Wow, praise the Lord. Good, the king agreed. Chimham shall go with me and I'll do for him whatever I'd have done for you. So all the people crossed the Jordan with the king and after David had kissed him and blessed Barzilla, he returned home. Boy, they must have been good friends. The king then went to Gilgah taking Chimham with him and most of Judah and half of Israel were there to greet him. But the men of Israel complained, boy, this political stuff. Why did you carry his daughters? Why did you carry his sons? We're just as much part of Israel as you are. Oh, brother. Because only the men of Judah ferried him across, across the river. Oh, they got a little ticked about this. All right, watch what happens. Why not? The men of Judah replied. The king's one of our tribe. Why should this make you angry? We've charged him nothing. He hadn't fed us with gifts or fed us or given us gifts. But there's ten tribes in Israel. The others replied. We have ten times as much right to the king as you do. Why didn't you invite the rest of us? Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Gee. The argument continued, and the men of Judah were rough in their replies. Wow. Okay. uh, I've got to get this. But it's short. Right then, right then, a hothead named Sheba. He was a Benjamin. He blew a trumpet. We don't want anything to do with David. Come on, let's get out of here. He's not our king. So all those except Judah and Benjamin turned and deserted David and followed Sheba. But the men of Judah stayed there with their king, accompanied him from Jordan to Jerusalem when he arrived at his palace in Jerusalem. So here he is, he's back. The king instructed his ten wives. Remember the ones that up on top with the movie going on? Whatever. 
he had left to keep the house should be, in other words, he, they were left to keep the house. They should be placed in seclusion. Look at this. Their needs were to be cared for, but they would no longer sleep with him as their wives. So they remained in virtual widowhood until their deaths. Now, actually, according to them and their custom, that was a good thing. They were like, wow, all my bills are paid the rest of my life. You know? Wow. Okay. Then the king instructed, there's that other general, to mobilize the army of Judah within three days and report back. So Amasa went out to notify the troops, but it took him longer than three days. Then David said to Abisha, the fellow, that fellow Sheba is going to hurt us more than Absalom did. Quick, take my bodyguard, that was Benadiah, whatever his name is, and go get him. Oh, they did too. Chase after him before he gets to a fortified city. Now here we go. Abishai and Joab, they set out to go get Sheba with an elite guard from Joab's army and the king's own bodyguard. When they arrived at the great stone, they found that face-to-face with Amasa. <laughs> Joab was wearing his uniform with a dagger on his side. He stepped forward to greet him. Uh, Amasa stealthily slipped the dagger from his sheath. Oh, I'm glad to see you, my brother, Joab said. And he took him by the beard with his right hand as though to kiss him. And Amasa, that, remember, that's his second cousin. He didn't see the dagger and Joab stabbed him in the stomach. Okay. Wow, man. He did not need to strike him twice. He died there. Joab and his brother Abishai left him laying there and continued after Sheba. One of Joab's young officers shouted to Amasia's troop, if you're for David, come follow Joab. Well, actually they did, but Amasia's laying lay his blood in the middle of the road and Joab's young officer saw that a crowd was gathering around to stare at him, so they dragged him off the road, threw him in the field, threw a, threw a garment over him. Okay. <clears throat> I, I want to get to the last verse here, but just watch this. So anyway... Now everybody's following, they're following uh, Joab. Now I'm not going to read this story here, but they, when they get to the town, I'll just tell you, when they get to the town where Sheba was, they were going to wreck this place. And this woman on top said, hey, look down at Joab. Are you Joab? Joab says, yeah. And he says, uh, look, this is the Lord's town. Don't wipe out this city. What do you want? And Joab says, we want Shimea. She says, well, if we just throw his head over, will that work? And Joab says, yeah. So all of a sudden, woo, <laughs> that guy's head goes off. Okay, now, here's what I want you to see. So after that happened, they tossed out his head. Uh, we'll throw his head over the wall. Okay, so they did. So he blew the trumpet and he called his troops back. And they went to the king. Here we go. I want you to see this. Because this stuff is not Mickey Mouse. Joab was commander-in-chief. <laughs> he's back being general. That's what he wanted to be. And he's for David. Until the next son pulls a blunder. and He's going to pull away. Look at this. Adoram was in charge of the forced labor battalions. Jehoshaphat was the... Wow, that wasn't no historian. <laughs> yeah, there was. Kept the records. That's the reason today we had a full... It, it, it's, it's not like, well, I, I don't really remember what happened. No. Shiva was the... Well, what's the difference between those two? There's a difference. Zadok, Abathar were the chief priests. Ira, the, the Jarite, was David's personal chaplain. Praise the Lord. Well, we got to get out of here. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We just thank you today is a celebration for, we celebrate Easter. Glory to God. Jesus raised from the dead. Also noting that the, uh, the Israelites were brought out from underneath Egypt. We don't forget that. Praise the Lord. So Lord, we stand before you just like we watched David being thrown out of his kingdom, but brought right back in and taken care of the whole way. Lord, so if we're not feeling good today, you'll take care of that. If it's in our bodies, something going wrong, you'll fix that. And if we're hurting financially, you'll fix that. And if we're faced with some problem, oh my gosh, what could be worse than this here? But praise the Lord, you fixed it, but something could be on our hearts. But we know you'll fix that for us. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to be our own historians and our own secretaries and write down these things that you did and tell others about it for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow, what a story. Praise the Lord. Man, I'm so sorry. We went, gosh, I'm just.